0: Okay, so some quick technical difficulties. Um, so we were just talking about uh, where you live, which is Toronto, and uh, not Toronto. I'm sorry, uh, Ontario, which is um, the I guess that's the southeast part of Canada, right? The most southeast.
1: Uh, southeast. It's not the most southeast, but it's 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 pretty far east. Um,
0: and then Toronto is the mo is on the the eastern part, right?
1: It's, I would say mm-hmm. Southeastern, uh, the, f- the most Eastern part is, uh, um, uh, we call it, well, <laughs> not a very special name out East. It's, uh, the, uh like, uh, PEI, Newfoundland, um, New okay. Brunswick. Those are the, those are the Canadians who, you know, they speak English, but I don't know what the hell they're saying.
0: <laughs> um, so I, I've been to Toronto before. It was great. I, I love Toronto, um. It reminded me a lot of the big cities that we have here, uh, but the people were just much nicer um, oh. <laughs> and a little bit more polite. So uh, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't traveled much out into Ontario or Canada besides that, but it's definitely on my, on my to do list for sure.
1: Well, you know what? I actually, um, I've, I'm a Canadian. I lived in Canada my whole life. I only recently traveled outside of Ontario in Canada, and before wow. that, I. I hadn't actually been outside of Ontario. I've been to other countries, you know, since I was 13. Yeah, but uh, I had never actually traveled anywhere else in Canada until... What was that?
0: What was that like?
1: Uh, it was awesome. I went to a, a wedding in... Uh, oh, sorry. I went to a wedding in... Uh, where were we staying? We were staying in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. And then we went, we drove to this place called Gatineau which is in Quebec. So it was the first time I was ever in Quebec. It was, it was beautiful. Um, trees everywhere. The, the, the roads were, I hated the roads cause they were really hilly and windy, but it was a beautiful part of the country, which I'd never been to before. Long driving. I think I was driving for, for me, I think it was like nine hours straight. That's, that's long. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we took some breaks I should say, but, uh, uh, that's the longest I'd ever driven in one time. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fun. Um, I haven't I haven't been to every state in the United States either, so it's always interesting when you get to see a different part of the culture and stuff like that too. Um, one of the things that interested me about you the most when I first came across you on Twitter, um, which uh, was was the things that you were talking about in particular at the time, which was when you first started jujitsu, um, and you were talking about sobriety a lot. Um, I think it was, when did you get married? You got married recently, right?
1: Yeah. This past, uh, summer, Ju- uh, June 1st. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember, uh, when, when I connected with you on Twitter, also side note, um, as I'm going through all the guests in, pre- in preparation for, this episode, I'm just going through all the guests that I've had and I'm realizing that 85% of them are friends that I've made on Twitter. So I'm realizing that maybe I should change the name to my podcast to, You know, people, people are friends I've made on the internet, AKA Twitter. (laughs) Um, but it's, it just turns out that the people that I'm connecting with are really interesting. So what interested me about you was, um, how vulnerable you were, um, how articulate you were and, uh, and, and how introspective you were and the fact that you were using um, social media and podcasting. You were coming out with uh, podcast episodes at that time and um, you were writing in your newsletter, which you still do now, um, or at least I've seen you still regularly write. So I just thought you were a really interesting guy. And uh, I've always found sobriety and substance use and abuse, a really interesting topic. Um, Addiction and, uh, you know, substance abuse is prominent in my family and I think culture today. Um, So I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about. I think it's um, uh, just good to even get people's perspectives on because it's something that's very relatable and of the times. Um, And then And then as you're going, I'm watching you go through your jujitsu journey and you're sharing a lot about your jujitsu journey and I can relate to a ton of it. And I'm watching you use jujitsu as a vehicle for life, which I think is exactly what martial arts should, should, and could be used for, um, for people like us that aren't looking to, you know, make a. A professional career out of it right like we're considered probably more hobbyists or you know even when we're competing we're we're just hobbyists like we're um learning a martial art and just trying to have fun with it over time uh so tell me a little bit about um your experience with sobriety and uh you know what got you there what prompted you to change your lifestyle a little bit and then eventually how you came to find jujitsu
1: Sure. And I just want to say, thanks for the kind words. Uh, I've never been called articulate before. Yeah, man,
0: definitely. Especially the fact that you were able to podcast by yourself, that's tough. And and in your writing, that's, it's, it's clear.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Podcasting, uh, solo is, is basically just talking to yourself and not caring if anyone's (laughs) even going to listen. It's more of a, I love to hear myself talk, I guess. (laughs) Um, but to, uh, to what you're asking before. So, um, before I quit booze and pot, um, I had been drinking. I, I started drinking when I was 15 years old. Uh, I remember my dad used to get this uh, stuff called, uh, um, I forget the name of it, but basically you would go to this, this company and you say, okay, I want this type of beer. They'd make it for you real cheap, but it's strong. And then they'd give you a whole bunch of two fours in these like, uh, brown plastic bottles and um, he had so many in there my friends and I would steal like three because when we were that young you know we didn't really drinkers but three would would get us going and uh, you know growing up I had some my parents were pretty chill in terms of uh, you know they would go away to our I was lucky enough to have a cottage when I was younger or growing up and my parents would go there often so a lot of the time my friends would come over to my house and we'd party. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if I go up to my cottage in the summer, you know, I'm there since I was since I was born. I, I went to my cottage every summer for four months, um, and it was very different than my life in the city. Uh, so I had friends we could roam out. and like, Okay, go have fun. We'll see you at dinner time, kind of thing. It was great. I hope kids have that these days. Uh, right. And uh, and we'd get in trouble. Not not bad trouble. Not with the cops or anything. But we'd. Uh, go out in the bush. We smoke pot. We drink and just have fun. And those and those country boys up there, they they know how to party. <laughs> they really kick my city boy ass um, with that. Um, so anyway, I started drinking when I was young, and before and at that time, it was, you know, like I said, to have fun. I didn't. There was no worry about what this could do to my future and things like that. Like I had no no conception of what that could do um and then when i got into my 20s that's when the binge drinking really started and it was usually usually beer but uh every i worked in a kitchen um uh when i get that job i think when i was 19 and that's when that's when stuff went off the rails was it just the
0: environment that
1: the environment yeah i don't know if you've ever i actually haven't read this book it's on my list my giant list of Books to read. It's called Kitchen Confidential's. By, yeah,
0: it's, it's one of my favorite. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I, I hear so much. Uh, I've heard stories from the book, and uh, about you know drug use and partying and being drunk online or being on drugs online. And I I did all that. Um, uh, uh, and you know when you're done work, and you a lot of my, a lot of my friends worked there as well uh we just like hey what are we doing tonight let's go to the bar after the bar we'd go to a a, a, uh uh you know someone's house and just keep drinking or doing drugs or stuff like that and that that basically was my life for a good 10 years and um you know i'm really lucky i didn't get into any really big trouble or get addicted to anything really really uh um strong I mean I I think there was a about a year in my 20s one time when I, I was doing uh, MDMA almost every weekend and that that stuff's not good. That's not good. It, it feels fantastic. however, it's like here's your brain it's getting shot with so much dopamine. that's why it feels good and all of a sudden your brain's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be doing this so it shuts off dopamine creation and then that's why people often say, they're so depressed and sad for, for weeks after taking it because their brain's just done with making, making them feel good. So anyway, um, so I was doing that in my twenties. I decided to go back to school again for maybe the third time uh, college. And then I, um, I finally graduated as a, um, it's called a DSW, a direct support worker, or a direct support professional. It's basically working directly one-on-one with someone with a developmental disability in various different settings. Um, but I was still drinking during that time. I remember probably every quiz, every test, every assignment I worked on, I was drinking. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but uh, I was like, I gotta get some beers, do my homework. You
0: think it was more habit at that time, just habitual?
1: I think it was habit. Um, as as I got older, I think I realized that I don't know if I had anxiety because of the booze and drugs, or if that was causing it. Right. Um, but uh, so let's uh, let's move it forward to right before I quit. So it was uh, January first, twenty twenty, the day after New Year's. I had been drinking. I went with my wife, and there's some friends, and there's a group of Russians there and uh they were passing around this drink that was just they basically it's like a community drink they pour in some of theirs they pour in some of someone else's wow. and i just got so hung over i remember saying i'm never drinking again and it turns out <laughs> that was true wow um, yeah i just i was just so sick and the drinking before that point um You know, my relationship with my my family, like my mom and my dad, it it was okay, but we would get into some some heated arguments about just nothing, about dumb stuff. And that was basically because I had some, I think it was uh, some residual either resentment or just pent up um, Mm -hmm. angst uh, from my time living with them that, you know, I would just like, you know, I'd be... Probably drunk, and I just uh, be, you know, uh, how how would I explain it? You know, when you have like arguments in your head, but no one's here. Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna say this to this, and then when they speak, I just snap at them. That happened a lot, and that's because I was under the influence of something. Uh, I was either pot or booze or both, and you know, my relationship with my mom and dad was deteriorating. Like I wouldn't talk to them as much. Um, we get into arguments really quickly, uh, and often, and it was, uh, it was not good. So I quit pot because it was just getting too, or excuse me, I quit, uh, drinking booze, mostly beer, actually. I didn't never really got into the hard alcohol, which was thank goodness. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, it was just, I don't know. I just, I was like, you know, I'm going to try not drinking and, I wish I could say there was some special formula, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink today because it was, right. I was having a six pack like every day at least. Um, and then I was like, okay, I made it a week. Let's see if I can go another week. And it was basically day by day, week by week. Um, and then a few months went by. I'm like, Hey, I think I can do this. But I will mention that I, I did have weed and pot to fall back on right um and use that as a uh my new my new uh my new best friend and it actually my we'd smoking and consumption went up exponentially like Mm. um i was smoking bong hits like every morning when i'd wake up to when i go to sleep and that really affected my relationship with my now wife because i was very uh, I don't know if you've ever smoked a lot of pot, but it does make, well, it made me paranoid. Not like you think there's a helicopter following you or something, right. but more. <laughs> so it was like inventing things in your head that people, um, people said or interpreting things, assumptions. Oh my God, it was so bad. And we would get into arguments about stuff that I thought she said, or I misunderstood something. It was, it was getting pretty bad. And, um, so I went to a, uh, my family doctor, this was uh, the summer of, uh, how long has it been? I think it's been like, this was fairly recently. So I think it's only been, I don't even think maybe a year and a half since I quit pot. And uh, I went to see my doctor and um, he, he I was, I was stoned when I went obviously. <laughs> and um, he he asked me, uh, do you have any anxiety? And like, I don't know, maybe. Because <laughs> I, I never really uh, identified with having anxiety. Right, right. And I, I don't know, you know, I, don't, I can't say if people were, you know, these days more people say that they do, maybe just more people have anxiety and they're recognizing it or people are just using that as a, um, a reason to, I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to explain. Right. I can really only talk for myself. But I never really identified with having anxiety but he asked me some things about my parents and, uh, I told him about a situation that my dad had gone through when he was younger and how I found out about it when, um, not directly from him, but indirectly by hearing my parents (laughs) argue in the other room. And I told my doctor about it and he goes, well, yeah. Okay. I think you have some anxiety just based on what you told me about your, your father. Um, and then he's, and he asked about my mom, do you have any, uh, you know, is there anything going on there? And I said, yeah, there's a history of, uh, uh, alcohol abuse in her family. Like, I think, uh, her, her dad, my grandfather, which I never met, uh, he passed away before I was born. He was an alcoholic. My mom struggled with drinking, um, uh, throughout her life. Like there was nothing it's, it's people have different experiences with that. Yeah. Like they could have like a drunk father who hits them or is verbally right. abusive, or it's just someone who drinks, uh, and hides it. Right. And, we don't really know you almost never see a bottle and that's kind of what it was like with my mom um like we knew she liked wine and stuff but she was never like fall down belligerent but it, you know uh she it was, was an, able
0: to be functional maybe or some, yeah, yeah some people can be pretty functional
1: yeah yeah which is I, I you know now that i look back is not a good thing <laughs> right excuse me um so i went to my doctor he said Okay, you know what? I think you have anxiety. This was a 30-minute, maybe 26-minute, I remember looking at the clock. So I'll just say 30-minute conversation. I was getting pretty upset uh, just, just telling him these things, not like mad at him, but just um, reliving, them. Telling, reliving it or whatever it was. And, and he goes, okay, you know what? I'll be right back. He came back and wrote me a prescription for antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication. I was like, okay. I didn't really know what was going on. Cause I was in kind of a state of just like freak, not freaking out, but I, I was just like
0: a heightened sensitive state. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good way of putting it, hypersensitive. And I didn't really say much after he gave me the prescription. Um, he goes, "Okay, go to this pharmacy. Da, da, da. I sit in my, I got back in my car. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I remember sitting there, not starting the car. I'm like, what, what just happened? I look at the bottom. Like, do I really need to take these? I end up taking one, in the car i remember before he said this is something you you start taking and it won't work until maybe three weeks after taking them regularly but if you quit them after if you cold turkey quit them after that you could really mess up your 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 head so i took one and it really scared the crap out of me and i'm like i i don't think i'm i'm not depressed i don't I don't, I never identified with having anxiety. So I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not taking medication. I, I have this, I think I have a bad uh, relationship with uh, prescription medications. I've never taken yeah. them before uh, in terms of uh, like antidepressant, anti-anxiety. Right. And I have a negative view with them. I am not a doctor. I don't know really <laughs> anything about them. I don't know if it's very informed uh, uh, belief, but I was never really one to take them and I didn't really like other people taking them because so I had this idea that it would change me. I would be a completely different person. Um, right. I talked to my doctor about that when I saw him, um, I think la- about a month ago, and that it's not really accurate. But anyway, back to when I, uh, when I was in my car, it just scared the crap out of me so much. I went home and I dumped them in the, in the toilet and flushed the toilet and I was like okay we had talked about quitting pot so I was like I gotta stop smoking and so I scared the crap out of myself enough that I'm like I'm not smoking and the same thing with the booze I went one day two days a week a month I'm like you know what I can actually do this and one funny thing is I remember telling my wife this is like I thought I would be a different person because of quitting pot I thought pot made me who I am. I don't know. Mm. I know it's a t- twisted way of thinking, but I'm exactly the same person. Right. I feel exactly this. I don't feel exactly the same, but I feel like what's the biggest difference is I don't have a running dialogue in my head. Mm. I, you know, I can think. I think in you know, I think in my own voice, and I think about things. But I, I'm not constantly overthinking things. Like mm. I can sit in silence, and it's wonderful. Mm. Pot is something that just made me go uh, off the rails in terms of thinking all the time it's exhausting but um so that was september uh, uh, that was september a year ago and um i was getting kind of antsy in terms of all i did was work and like i don't really have a hobby i'd love to get back into wrestling because i used to wrestle for the local right so
0: so what's your wrestling experience like
1: So uh, I wrestled uh, from grade eight, which is the last year of middle school, all the way till my second year of grade 12. Uh, In high school, we we used to have grade 13, but the year before me, they got rid of it for some reason. So I stayed back for what we call a victory lap, (laughs) second grade 12. Um, And so I wrestled all through high school. I think it was six or seven years. And... um, at the time, I also wrestled for our local wrestling club, which was at the local university. Mm. Um, and I, I was lucky enough that our family friend, their son, which was my brother's, my older brother's age, uh, he was one of the best wrestlers in the, in the, in the province. At the t- I think when he finished high school, he went 192-0. and 0. He didn't lose wow. at all. So I was really lucky to have him as my mentor. Um, I wasn't very athletic. I was small. But my technique was really good because he would teach me things that, you know, we weren't learning in school or we right. weren't learning at the club. Um, he was a part of the club, but he, you know, he'd take me aside and we'd just do our own thing. So, um, anyway, I remember r- winning a, a rookie tournament. So I got my gold in a rookie tournament, and that was that was my favorite medal I've ever gotten. Nice. Because my my coach, I was you know we had to wrestle in a in a cafeteria and everyone else was in the in the gym. He goes you know what Devin? i'm gonna go help the other team out you're okay in here right you're good i'm like yeah i got this so he would just come in periodically and check on me and i i just i just i was kind of just psyched myself up and and uh and i won it was fantastic
0: that's awesome <laughs>
1: thanks you had, um, So you
0: had that wrestling experience yeah. uh so now how many years so it was almost was it almost a decade from when you finished or last wrestled until you started jujitsu
1: no i'd say longer so it um A decade. So I was probably around 18 when I finished high school. Um, 18, 28. So Okay. So about 15 years.
0: Nice. Okay. So now now at that point you said you're looking for a hobby. Um, Yeah. I was
1: like, you know, I really miss wrestling. I loved, you know, I've written about this and I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out why the heck at 30 6 years old what i want to go back to wrestling cuz it was it was so hard um like my body was it it's hard on to... your body pardon
0: it's it's hard on your body oh
1: my god yeah <laughs> and the training the training was the hardest i remember i was the kid uh, so after summer we'd come back and we'd compete or start wrestling uh, wrestling uh, that season and at, every year every year i was the first and only person to puke after the, the very first <laughs> yeah. warm up uh or training session. I would always throw up. And I was the only one. <laughs> but uh so so this was September uh a year ago and I was like I want to get back into wrestling. I remembered this that guy I told you about that was my mentor in wrestling. I was like oh his uh his father who had passed away over the years I th- uh, I think his mom uh, they were they were involved in the local wrestling club mm-hmm. so I reached out to the to her She's a reach out to him. He said, Oh, I think my mom might still be involved. I emailed her. Um, and then she said, Oh, I'm not involved, but here, why don't you email the head coach? So I was emailing back and forth. I got a hold of the head coach and I said, Hey, I don't know if you have a, a, a mature um, or if you allow older people to come and join your club, but I'd love to try, try out training again. He said, uh, under normal circumstances, I totally have you come in. But due to COVID, um, the school isn't taking out any or isn't allowing anyone from outside the school to come in. So right. so that was, I was like, bummer. So what can I do? Oh, wait a minute. I remember back in 2017, I tried out for a jujitsu um, academy. I bought like 12 classes. I only went to 10 of them. I bought the gi and everything. But at the time, you know, I wasn't serious about it. I was drinking and partying and it was really hard (laughs) to even do those first 10 classes. Yeah, man. So I was like, you know what? Uh, Someone I used to wrestle with, she was part of this academy. Why don't I just give them a call and see if I can join? So I ended up calling the academy, talking to the head instructor. I name dropped that person who at the time I think was a purple belt. They ended up moving to a different city and continuing jujitsu in another, excuse me, in another academy. And he's like, oh, you're a wrestler? Okay, well, you should you should level up in no time. So why don't you come in tomorrow and we'll get you set up. So I came in the next day. I signed up for a year membership and uh, I was off to the races.
0: Nice, man. So yeah. so that was a year ago since this last September.
1: Yeah, September 26th. So I'm just about, what is that, uh, uh November, December, January. So a year and year and four months and a bit into jujitsu.
0: So now um, how's that hobby been for you? So before you started, you were looking for a hobby and you're looking for something. So, or, or let me, let me backtrack. How do you view your hobbies or what do you view the use case of your hobbies um, as like, you know, like, what were you looking for at that time? And then, do you think you got that now after like a year plus in jujitsu?
1: That's a fantastic question. Um, I don't know what I was looking for, but I'm pretty sure I got it. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to parse through why I. <laughs> there has to be something about people who join jujitsu that love getting their ass kicked every. Day <laughs> because, that's what it is. Being a white belt that I've learned like it's so funny. Like I'm only a four stripe white belt, but I feel so much different than I, than when I first started with no stripes, even up to the, the second stripe, which the first two stripes, I didn't really, I was su- super happy to get them, but I didn't feel like I really deserve them. Right. Third one. I was like, Oh, this is cool. I there's some progress. So I guess my coach sees some progress, but the fourth one was the one like, wow, I think I actually deserve this. This is stuff starting to get real. Um, but it's basically about getting my ass kicked and surviving and getting tapped less and less, um, which is still a lot.
0: <laughs> do you think, do you um, think that's synonymous for, or or just symbolic for like, you know, life itself? And that's why people that love jujitsu love jujitsu.
1: Yeah. I, I think there, uh, there should be a meme about jujitsu, jujitsu folks about saying how much jujitsu is important to them and how it means. And it's a, and it's a correlation with, life milestones because it really is i mean people can join it for different reasons and do it for different reasons but you know i'd never done a martial art before i did wrestling but i don't really consider that a martial art i feel it's more of a sport kind of thing and um the martial arts there is something that is it's um what's the it's an allegory like maybe that's the word yeah yeah Because it's it's very it's very it's very black and white. You either get submitted or you don't. There's techniques that you can do to help you through a problem. Once you solve a problem, which is either an escape or you figure out how to the mechanics of a sweep or how to do a finish of an uh, of an attack. It's very like oh okay I did that I can do it again Um, and it's and it's you know. I haven't had any kind of aha moments where I was doing something outside of jujitsu and I go, Oh, this is exactly like jujitsu. <laughs> it was more the other way around. Right. Um, I think the, the biggest benefit of jujitsu is just, for me, it's just having something to do. And there's something uh, special about putting your body through, um, through just physical pain it's fighting. We're fighting everywhere. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we're fighting. That's it. We're in a nice padded room. <laughs> you know, we pay for it. It's, it's like uh, controlled it's chaos. A, it is controlled chaos. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> it's just, okay, I don't know how to explain this, but I'm sure you've experienced this. And I, I heard it the other night at an open mat. So we're trying to hurt each other. Okay. We're not <laughs> trying to hurt each other, but we're trying to specifically hurt each other. Right. So, for example, um, I was uh, in the middle, of like I was taking a rest round, in an open mat, and this these guys beside me, one guy, they were rolling pretty hard. And the one guy goes, oh, sorry, man, because I think he hit him in the head with a, like a strike or an elbow by accident. He's like, oh, no, it's okay. I'm good. Let's keep going. So, it's so funny that in the middle of fighting, someone will accidentally yes. hit somebody and go, oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. But then immediately try to choke them.
0: I was going to so say that 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 happened to me yesterday in uh, yeah. at, at my open mat. I was, someone was... Mount someone was on top of me, and uh, I looked to turn back into them. And as I turned back into them to start shrimping and framing away, turned and my elbow was a little bit too tight, and it clipped them right in their chin. And then I immediately stopped and, I'm, and I said, Same thing, I said, Oh man, are you okay? Like, I and like I held his head and like I tapped his body. I'm like, Are you okay? He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm okay. And we just both tapped each other and we just continued trying to choke the shit out of each other right after that. It was, I
1: know, it's, it's incredible. Amaz- the the controlled chaos is the way it is a great way of explaining it because within the chaos something out of the rules happens and you both acknowledge it and go okay let's go and then let's go back to the rules which is still trying to break your arm and choke you it's (laughs) incredible it's it's that kind of um uh that kind of uh Oh, man, I wish I haven't really had a conversation.
0: It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I have a hard time. I have a hard time myself explaining it, articulating it to people that don't train. And even the guys that I train with, I don't really get to talk about it like this too often. Because when when we're at the gym, we're training a lot of times. And uh, when, when people are maybe taking a rest around or they're chatting before or after a class, It's usually just like, you know, friendly catch up conversation, like community, community based stuff, uh, you know, joking around, teasing each other. Um, But yeah, not often do I get to sit down and actually talk about the art or philosophize about it. But I I think it's one of the best vehicles for anyone, I think men and women. Um, I'm seeing more women join my gym over the last year than the previous three years. So I would say the the rate of people in general doing jujitsu is increasing because I think there's such a human aspect to it that we've been missing for a little bit or that uh, people didn't know was accessible um, because I th- striking martial arts are different. I trained the striking martial art for, or from 20 to 25. And I learned a ton. I learned a ton about myself Um I became pretty skilled. I, I was confident in my skills, but it's different in the fact that when you're training, you can't really go 100% or close to 100% because your training partners, you want to see them the next day, right? Like, uh, same thing in Jiu Jitsu. We're not looking, we're looking to maim the person, maybe, or, or like, you know, try to maim them or submit them, but we don't want to hurt them to the point where they can't then come back tomorrow. So, the biggest difference with striking and Jiu Jitsu is that jujitsu, you can get closer to that hundred percent, like where you're, you're really trying like, you're really pushing someone or you're really pulling them. And you're really trying to squeeze a submission or, um, and striking, you could do that with pads on, or you could do it without pads on, but the repercussions are so much greater. So the Avenue or the outlet that I think jujitsu gives us to get close to that edge, to really push, Uh, I think is super unique that maybe when we get exposed to it as kids or have the opportunity to, like you were saying with wrestling in high school, I don't know if we're all mature enough to make sense of it or see that even though we would benefit from it um, maybe as kids as we grow up subconsciously, but jujitsu as an adult, um, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself. I think I started when I was 28, just about to turn 29. So I I was one of the older guys in my gym to start there. There were a bunch of younger guys, but um, yeah, man, I I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. The the vehicle that it's been for me, whether I'm aware of it or not has Mm. been amazing.
1: Oh, that's great to hear. I, um, you know, when I first started, I talked about it so much. I'm like, oh, you got it. Like anyone <laughs> in my life, I got a chance to like, hey, you got it. I think it, I think that's also a, a jujitsu meme is like it is. Don't shut up about it because it's, you know, they. Oh, this is so great. I. Everyone should do this, which is true. Everyone should do that. Um, do jujitsu. I talked about it so much that my wife ended up joining her. Her brother, nice. my, my brother in law ended up joining. Now, he got busy with school and canceled his membership uh here's a funny story my wife um she super busy she's got two jobs uh, and school and she ended up uh she was going to quit uh i said okay why don't you come in with a class with me and we'll talk to the head instructor at the end and just say you know what maybe we'll put it on hold we'll come back in the summer or she will i'm gonna right. i'm gonna keep going for as long as i my body lets me uh <laughs> She comes in there. We do the warm up. We do some practicing. I think it was a fundamentals class. So I think there was uh, sometimes the coach will throw in some some live rolling at the end, just some drilling, some right. really fun game or something. Um, they did that. And which is what side note I love rolling with my wife because she. Uh, like I might go a bit easier in terms of like oh I could do an armbar right now but I'm not going stri- yeah yeah but uh, she she tries a hundred percent like that's what's amazing uh, she might not know if she's doing it correctly she might <laughs> when she gets nervous she'll laugh and giggle I hear her doing <laughs> <other> people <laughs> um, but she's trying a hundred percent at the end of class she ends up getting a stripe and so as I, like I'm hooting and hollering. We do the, you know, we do the the handshake. Where we go, good, good class, good class, good class, good class. At the end, I'm like, you're not quitting now, are you? She's like, no, I can't, I, I can't can. now, right? And so uh, she's gonna stick with it, which is great. Nice man, yeah.
0: Jiu Jitsu family, I love, I love
1: seeing that. It is, it is. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm. Everyone's so friendly. At the same time, I there are some people that I avoid rolling. Yes. Just because yeah. I, I, okay, I, I'm I'm a white belt. I do my spazzy things. Um, you know, I go on. I, in open mats, I go with white belts. At least I go as hard as I can. Yeah. Not in terms of like, I almost rarely finish um, attack techniques uh, because I almost re- I rarely get to the point. You know, position the before position submission to be yeah. Get- First. So that's what I'm, I'm mostly wrestling and trying to keep positions to get to a position. Yes. That's where a lot of my jujitsu game is right now. Um, I, my defense is, I think, pretty good. Um, like I've had higher belts, blue and one purple. I remember saying, oh, your defense is getting really good. I heard some <laughs> white belts say, oh man, your armbar defense is unreal. And that's because I just keep rolling and rolling. You one keep day- putting yourself in that position. Pardon?
0: You keep putting yourself in that position to defend yes. it. And
1: like I'm climb. so comfortable with someone on my back. Like when I have someone's back, I can tell when they're because of their breathing or if their body's shaking because they're tensing their muscles yes. up, that they're nervous to be there. I am cool as a cucumber. I could put my hands like this and just lie back Um, because I've been in there so long. I go, okay, this isn't that bad because most people at least in our gym most white belts, not a lot of blues. Like no one's finishing from the back that often. And right. So I'm like, oh well, then I can I can settle down, catch my breath, uh, or get control of my breath, and then yes, try to escape instead of trying to escape right away and then put myself in a vulnerable position. Think about
0: even the the fact that you said jujitsu is an allegory for life, and the example that you just gave right there with the fact that you know when someone has your back or your back is taken when your back is taken. I would say that's equal to, you know, in life, when you're, when you find yourself in a, in a shit situation and Mm. you know, your, your back's in the corner. Um, You've now been in that circumstance enough where you realize, okay, I, I need to be in touch with my breath. I need to be present in the moment in order for me to act and respond accordingly. And that's the same thing in jujitsu, where if someone takes your back, Uh, It's not, it's not like we're saying, you know, just to chill out and not immediately (laughs) put two hands on the, on the choking arm. We're not saying that, but we're saying mentally, you don't have to panic. You don't have to start to worry about all the negative implications. You could just respond, which is two hands on one, right. Get your shoulders to the mat, turn and face them. and, and, And it just becomes almost uh not not robotic but i guess yeah for lack of a better term robotic to the point where it's just execute Mm -hmm. um i i love that i i love thinking about that more and more as um my jujitsu is advancing and and still even even though i just got my purple belt i still am i'm not finishing techniques too often i'm not getting so many finishes i'm still finding myself trying to just work on position. Like even when I was thinking about, okay, what's my jujitsu goal for 2023? Uh, I think it's just to try to maintain good position and maybe try to like punish in position a little bit before I then try to get a submission. Um, Because I feel like if if I'm hunting for submission before position, like you were saying, then that's equivalent to me in life trying to get to somewhere uh, like, you know, without being present in where I am right now and like, you know, not being okay with where I am right now. So it's, it's really cool using the martial art for that vehicle. Um, so then even, even more specifically, where do you see your wrestling helping in your jujitsu?
1: Oh yeah. Um, oh, by the way, congratulations on the purple belt. That's, Thanks, man. that's amazing. Well, wow.
0: I'm, I'm still trying to feel like I'm living up to it, but yeah, that that'll take some time.
1: Hear, oh, let's yeah. I hear that often. A lot of people will—I will, don't know if they'll admit it. Like, yeah, I definitely deserve this purple belt. Yeah, but no, I, I a I lot of like, people. I, I, yeah. I feel like I could have been a blue belt for forever, and I would have been okay with it. You know what? I—I—I'm having so much fun being a white belt. I just wish I could just stay here, <laughs> and, even though it would progress would be incredibly slow or whatever. It's—it's it's so much fun failing. I know it sounds weird, but it's so much. No, fun it's true. Fumbling around trying to figure this out, but if you have fun with that, that means you'll probably stick around.
0: One thousand percent.
1: Um, sorry, what was your question?
0: <laughs> oh, uh how how do you see your wrestling? Oh right, yeah. Supporting your jujitsu, like even even consider the the off the mats kind of thing, like um like the discipline, right? Like you had to have discipline in order to be a wrestler. Uh, oh, yeah. like so so. How do you think that's supporting you in your Jiu-jitsu journey now too?
1: Um, well, you know when I was younger doing Jiu-jitsu, I had a lot of uh, help from older people, uh, either older classmates or teammates, to coaches that would it was, I had a good support network, whereas now, as I'm an, an adult, um, I have to really rely on myself to uh, to uh, you know, make sure my ghee's is clean, make sure my mouth guard is clean, make sure um, I got my wa- everything packed before I even go make sure I have time. And, you know, make sure my schedule matches up to when I can go make sure to stay on schedule. Um, like even like you said, at the beginning, we're not professional athletes, um, we might compete, but I would consider myself a hobbyist. Right. Uh, but even that takes discipline to make sure you keep showing up and showing up on the days that you've determined that, okay, this is my part of my schedule. I'm going to go then. Um, so anyway, uh, I actually feel I have more discipline now because I had so many, so much help when I was younger and I was quite undisciplined in other areas of my life when I was younger. Um, but, um, anyway, the wrestling I found when I first started, the wrestling did not help me at all because I would just get, I kept shooting doubles into guillotines <laughs> That's, and I, go, and I, I learned I how to, gonna, I
0: was going to ask you that if you got caught in guillotines at the all beginning. All the time, all the yeah. time,
1: because I could shoot a double leg, like, like no, no problem. Um, or an outside single, and I get taken <laughs> right into their guard, close guard into a guillotine. And that happens so often that I actually know how to, I don't mind being in a guillotine because I just, I get onto the other side of them. So here's their head. Here's my head. My body's across them and, so they're doing like a side guillotine and, and like, it looks like I'm inside control. With and then from, and, and from there you,
0: get the, you can get the uh, Von, Von Fluke choke.
1: I'm not, I've, I've heard of that. I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, if you, if you get caught there, look that up because that's, that's a good one for you.
1: I get caught there often <laughs> still. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, yeah, I get, I would get caught in those. It was kind of a weird dynamic being on my back because wrestling, that's a no, no. You, you, you are constantly fighting to roll onto your stomach. Right. To then try to uh escape is or because the
0: goal of wrestling is to not be pinned, right? To
1: exactly. Not exactly.
0: Pinned on the mat.
1: Pin and um there's also these this uh, these techniques called tilts. So if I'm uh if someone's on top of me or you no, know, yeah, if I'm on top of somebody, um they're on the ground with their you see a lot of wrestlers they'll be uh flat on their stomach like this,
0: yes. posturing yeah, yeah.
1: And that's because if someone, you know, say, example, collapses your arm, wraps around you, and rolls you. You ever heard of a gut wrench? Yes. So that's a full roll through. That's two points. But you could just, if you wanted um. to, tilt their their shoulder past 90 degrees. So they're like this. And it's, as soon as it's past 90 degrees, if you hold them there, and the ref goes one, two, three, four, five, two points. Wow. So if their shoulders go towards the mat past 90 degrees, and you hold them there, that's two points. So I used to do that a lot. I would collapse one arm, tilt this way, collapse the other, tilt this way. That's wow. technically a different move. Both arms this way. So I could double leg down to a bunch of tilts, and you could win 10 nothing wow. quickly. Uh, so that dynamic about uh, having your back exposed on the mat was a huge uh, wake-up call to me. Uh, and especially even, like, fighting from your back, you feel very vulnerable because yes. – it took me a while to learn that uh, if uh, my guard uh, and they're in my guard or open or closed guard, it's, it's a neutral position, right? Uh, you, you always, uh, or I always thought if someone's on top of you, at least if, you know, my legs are wrapped around me, you know, they could uh, that's a dominant position. They could throw strikes. That is true, but right. jujitsu, you can block that Right. wrap them up. Um, so Okay, so at the beginning, the wrestling wasn't that good, but now that I've, I, have i am a little bit better at jujitsu. Um, my wrestling has certainly sh- uh, shown, uh, shined through, um, in terms of. So if I'm trying to pass someone's guard, yes, I'm, I'm good at pinning, uh, pinning in order to um, get to side control, or actually now I'm finding that. That's just too much work. I'm going to go right into half guards and put <laughs> my leg out, however I can, I'm trying to slow things down. Um, but I also have a bad habit of getting caught in triangles and arm bars because the I've wrestling a lot of
0: forward motion,
1: bending over. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, in, in wrestling, you're not supposed to bend over so much, so you can use your back and keeping your head up. But um, I have to be careful because I tend to reach a lot. And I'll mm-hmm. get caught in spider guard or lasso guard. And then I'm like, I don't know what to, what to do.
0: <laughs> you guys do um, you guys do mostly gi, right? Uh, we do, but
1: I go to... I,
0: I was going to say, I saw home. you speaking about possibly doing more no gi.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I do no gi uh, at least once a week, which we only have two classes of no gi. We only have one instructor that does it. Um, one's on Friday night at like eight o'clock. It's a bit late. Or seven o'clock, something like that. Okay. Uh, but I try to go every Wednesday. Uh, this is before the Christmas break, but coming back up to the schedule, uh, I'll do Monday, Wednesday, uh, Friday, and Saturday. Gi.
0: Oh, nice! That's good. No, that's that's what I
1: try to do. At least Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday is what I what I'll, I'll probably end up doing. So Monday ghee, which is the advanced class, Wednesday advanced gi um or advanced class with gi and then no gi right after and then saturday is an all levels class followed by a um, open mat so that's basically my schedule there
0: nice that that's good that,
1: that that's a lot of time
0: on the mat that's great
1: i wish i could go more i could go more my my body's still letting me do that so <laughs>
0: yeah i was gonna say it it takes me it where i would say it took me about uh about a year to a year and a half for my body to just get used to being sore all the time. And, and, (laughs) and I was trying to go three to four times a week. Um, and, and I was pretty regular with going three times a week every now and then maybe twice a month or once a month, I was able to get in that fourth class, Mm -hmm. but yeah, man, it took me about a year and a half to just, or I, I don't know. I, I don't think my body's ever felt a hundred percent since. Like there's <laughs> always there's always something like right now, the right side of my neck feels super tight. So like I feel like my head is tilting this way. I'm like <laughs> that that Brad Pitt meme from uh I forget what movie it is, but where he's a soldier and he's like yelling at people and he can't turn his head to the side. Oh. <laughs> he has to like turn his body. Um yeah, my my body's been beat up ever since, but it's kind of, I don't know if I'm just getting used to it being beat up or if my body is actually becoming more conditioned to where I feel better now than, than when I did at the beginning, uh, of my jujitsu journey, or if it's just that I'm training, um, like less spazzy. I don't, I don't really know what it is, but I I think it gets better. I think it gets better over time if, if we do it intelligently.
1: That's true. I I laughed when you said body getting used to it because, I think the first I don't get it as much now, but the first year uh, from grabbing the gi so hard, wow. like a death yeah. grip, I'd wake up and I couldn't I couldn't <clears> bend <throat> my aunt the first hour I woke up I could barely do this. And it was it would just be stiff all day when I make a fist.
0: So I'm I'm sure your school being a big uh, or a pretty big gi school, do um, you guys have a lot of guys with the, the finger tape. The Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. I, I don't think I'll ever tape my fingers I, I
0: i i hope i don't have to get there
1: yeah yeah it's usually the older guys I, they're not that much older than me but uh yeah it's it's and i see i've seen some feet them fingers taped yep. oh, sorry toes yep. uh which i thought was interesting um they look pretty hardcore they look like a like a fighter when they when they have their hands taped and things like that
0: so now so now jujitsu so now you're going to jujitsu a, a ton um and you're trying to make it a regular practice where do you think in your life that that kind of uh I, not like fill a void but like you know where do you think that some having something like that in our lives can help us to maybe not fall into the behaviors that we were talking about before which is like you know substance abuse and uh you know maybe not using our time as widely or, or wisely as we can it's like do you think all people need something physical like that, or do you think um, we're just interested in in jujitsu enough that that's become a good discipline in our lives? Wow,
1: well, interesting. Um, I think everyone would benefit from something like this. Um, even people that might not be physically able to do jujitsu, um, you know, there's there's uh um, so anyone that's physically able should try a jujitsu class. Right. Just give it a shot. If you're if you're not physically able, although for example, there's someone I follow on Twitter, two people actually um, that have uh, cerebral palsy, and they're both one guy just got his blue belt or something. Wow. Purple belt. Um. And so there's oh, there's if you can find a gym that's accessible and that would be down for that, even if you're not physically able give it a shot. Um, but there are other things like sledge hockey. Have you heard of that? No. So this is uh, so people who use a wheelchair, um, they would do something like this. Uh, so they're put into kind of like a sled that has skates on the bottom and they have these little tiny sticks, like little hockey sticks, but at the end of the hockey sticks at the butt end are little spikes. So you could pull oh, yourself wow. down the ice. So that's pretty that, cool. Anyway, that's, yeah. It was it's super fun to watch. Um, Anyway, there's I think if you're if you're able to, you should try to do something physical that that's part of a league, because I think um, I think you know, I think, I did, that,
0: I think that's a big part of it. it do, are, do you mean like yeah. the, the competition aspect?
1: The, that, that is one part of it. Um, that's I think that's a great way to test what you're doing in this in a, in a league or a part. So well, I guess what I'm getting at is I didn't notice this when I was younger, but it was such a good thing for me was to be part of something that was had a community in it. Mm. You could learn things that were very, okay, if you do this, this happens. If you don't do this, this happens. There's no really, I don't want to say there isn't nuance because if you're really good at something, you can find the the yes. details of things and play with them. But in terms of someone who's a new to a sport, I think it's great because there's a community, there's meaning involved, there's winning and losing, there's, there's always something to look forward to and you can do it for years. And there's always something new. There's new people, there's new things that can happen to you. And I'm just generally speaking in any type of sport. So I think, um, Oh, I'm trying to explain. Oh, okay. So I saw this, uh, this website called big think they have, they have big ideas to talk about science and things like that. They had a video about, um, um, it was about men and their lack of. Uh, basically, they're they're falling behind girls in school, yeah. Uh, and and other in other areas of life, um. And they had mentioned something about the lack, uh. You know, the, the suicide rate is really high with men and the opioid addictions. That's not to say obviously, that women don't suffer from those as well. But for whatever reason, it seems to be, uh, at
0: increasing rates for men. At increasing
1: rates uh, for men. And they mentioned that there's a lot of them, especially the people who get addicted to opioids um, and harder drugs is and alcohol actually is a big one is that they don't have anything going on in their lives that they would even consider um, not quitting booze for, or not quitting a substance for, they don't have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a sport for anyone, men, women, anything, young and old, a sport, especially a martial art can give you something to look forward to give you a meaning to because you have to you have to clean yourself have to groom yourself you have to schedule it you have to show up you have to participate you have to give feedback you have to take feedback you have to give criticism take criticism you have to get out of your bubble and meet people that's just that in and of itself is hard for a lot of people to just talk to people they don't know on a regular basis too so there's all these other things that have before you even participate in the sport, there's all these things that you have to do in your life before you show up that, to get you to show up regularly. That is good for people.
0: Dude, that is perfectly said, perfectly said. And uh, I, I think about this all the time, even working as a health coach and the yoga teacher. Um, I'm thinking about how I could help people improve their lives, or just you know live healthier mentally and physically, and it all is uh, in in relation to being involved in a community, being involved uh, towards a or having a purpose that's greater than yourself, right? Like maybe working towards something greater, and um, I, I've experienced that in jujitsu as the martial art, and in the community that the gym creates and um, the the opportunity for competition in the gym with your training partners and uh, the, the the greater level of competition when your gym then travels to uh, a- another place to compete against other people and other gyms. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about this now and that we got here at this point in the conversation because a lot of the people that I talk with on my podcast, I end up picking their brain about their hobbies, their interests and things that they use or do in their lives to stay disciplined or to, to grow or to f- learn more about themselves. And a ton of it revolves around something of interest, uh, something that get, gets your body movement, moving or helps orient your mind. Um, something that involves community with other people, like you're talking about, where you have to interact with other people. You have to think about how you are presenting to the world. Um, You have to think about your role in in society, right? Like, you know, who you interact with and why the feedback you're getting, the feedback you're giving, that is all... uh, so human. It's, 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 it's amazing. And um, I don't know if there's one way to explain it or articulate it, but uh, yeah, I think that that's why, what I keep coming to in, in these episodes that I'm recording with people is, is yeah, people need something. They need to do something. We need to be active. And the way that you said it was perfect, where you said you need to have something that you're willing to drop the bad habits for, because we're probably not going to replace those bad habits or we're we're probably not going to rid ourselves of those bad habits if we don't have something to replace them with. I think that that's a big point in us turning our lives around in any aspect, whether it's career or health, um, and re- relationships. I think I think that's huge.
1: yeah, no, well said exactly. there's that there's that uh, allegory to to life and martial arts and what it can provide.
0: yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so, so now, uh, you've, you've also competed in jujitsu, right? Was it twice so far? Twice. Yeah. So, so as an adult, I had an awesome experience in my first competition that I did recently. And afterwards, I didn't even really think about my performance as much. I was just so taken back by how amazing the whole experience was just being there in the morning from way in to having your teammates there with you as, as they're in their match, you're cheering them on. And as you're in their match, they're cheering you on and you're seeing people get awards. You're seeing like, you're, you're just seeing a full spectrum of uh, something that I, that we would experience as a kid competing in sports, but um, we never really get to experience as an adult. So what has that been like for you? What, like, you know, your competition experience, uh, like, you know, just from the buildup to your competition and then competition day.
1: That's a, that's a good, good question. I, um, and I I was smiling when you were saying that because I've, I've experienced all that, you know, cheering louder for my teammate than, you know, being more excited about watching them fight than myself. Um, so competing as an adult, you know, I was, I'm, I'm used, or I was used to the whole atmosphere of, Training, uh, getting up early, driving to a tournament uh, from wrestling. My dad used to drive me super early to places just outside of the city that we'd go for tournaments for. And there, there's this, and I experienced it uh, as an adult as well. Uh, at those, excuse me, those two competitions I went to for jujitsu, is that there's this buzz mm. you can almost hear it because there's people talking all the time, but. There's this buzz, this, the atmosphere is, it's like, um, it's almost like when I was young and I'd go to my first music festival, there's all these things going on at yes. once. And you're like, oh, what do I, what do I look at first? <laughs> what do I want to experience first? Um, and I almost, I still have that at these competitions. The first one for sure. Um, I had this feeling of like, I cannot believe I'm in a jiu-jitsu, a martial arts competition and I'm 36 years old. Mm. What is going on here? This is exciting. Oh my God. Look at all these people in gis. geese. Um, you know, the, uh, yeah. Like i walk in and I see people standing to the podium getting pictures taken with medals. I'm like, this is, this is what I, this is what I want. <laughs> this is great. And I just showed up. I haven't even done anything yet. Right. Uh, the, uh, so that is so much fun, and then you know, finding out where your teams set up all their stuff, so you can go say hi to them and say, "Okay, who who's competed? Or who's competing now? When are you competing?" So I can watch and cheer you on and stuff. And uh, one of my favorite things is watching someone I roll with in class and go, "He does that to me." Yes, <laughs> he got that triangle on me yesterday.
0: <laughs> it works in real life.
1: It works. Um, it's it's so much fun seeing people you you you. Uh, like there's, there's some higher belts. Actually, most of the higher belts at my gym, I don't roll with, I don't know if it's the same where you're at, but, uh, I think because the higher belts have known each other for a long time and the white belts are new. So they kind of have that to connect with that. They physically kind of, um, they find their spaces on the mat. So the higher guy, higher belts are usually down here. The white belts are usually down here. We intermingle an open mat, but it's usually, um, I wouldn't say separated, but, I would say I'm more um, social with the white belts. Right. Uh, but at the tournaments, it's great. I get to talk to the higher belts that I might not talk to as much, and get to see them in their regular clothes. Yeah, uh, which is fun. And this, um, it's, it's it's this. I'm getting excited just were you, talking. Were, about- you, were you nervous before your match? I, I was. I wasn't nervous until right up when I was uh, kind of, you know, doing your bouncing thing right right in front of the mat. Um, that's when I started to get nervous. I, I don't know about you, but the two places I went to, they're, actually the second one was good, but the first place, their warm-up area was too small. Mm. Uh, they wouldn't let you warm up there for too long. And so I was pretty, I was not loose uh, for, yeah. for that one. Um, but the last one I went to was actually in my city at a high school I used to wrestle at. And they they let people use the wrestling room to warm up in, which was fantastic. That's, yeah, that's, big old that's great. And stuff. Um, so I I I wasn't nervous, but I get nervous right pretty much right when I grab the person. <laughs> and when I it was the same with wrestling, as soon as I grab them, I know how I'm gonna. I know how well I'm gonna do. And like so there was people I would grab and I'm like, okay, they're a bit loose. Uh, they're kind of going where I'm pulling them. Okay. I'm going to have a good time. Right. Someone grabs me and I'm, they do that to me. Like they pull me, I go where they where they're pulling me. I go, okay, this is going to be hard. <laughs> so I don't really know how well I'm going to do until I grab the person. And the first two tournaments um, I pretty much forgot everything I, I was told. And I remember my first match. My coach saw that I was struggling. He just goes, "Just wrestle, just <laughs> wrestle," because <laughs> he knew I knew how to wrestle. Uh, and uh, it was—I remember I, looking I, at the footage, and it was—it was, it was eh, you know.
0: Hey, you, you did it, and uh, any that's the that, thing, yeah. Yeah, I was just saying competing, anyone that anyone that I, I saw yeah, after told me, "Hey, it doesn't matter how you did; like you showed up, you competed, and that's—that's that's all that matters." and and that's and that's really what life is it's just show up and compete that's it like you'll be happy yeah. that you competed i the second i lost my my match my last match um i didn't give a shit i was like the guy raised the other guy's hand and i'm like all right I, yeah i don't care i i put my i put my all into that i i tried my best i now see holes in my game and now i can show up to training and work on those i now have uh, a focus i have i have a, a way to plan now um if anything i've been more fired up since that loss not in a bad way not in like a like a redemption kind of way more of just a an authentic curiosity to continue to expand um how, how did you feel after your competition
1: uh, after the first one i felt fantastic what like i remember even shaking the guy's hand uh and I was like, good luck, man. Good luck in the rest yeah. of the, the matches. Um, and I generally meant it. Um, my goals, I think, for a white belt, and this is to any white belt listening, is that your goal should not be to win, get 10 points and win a match. If you think you can, I mean, that mindset is fantastic. Um, and if you're athletic enough, maybe if you're uh, in the adult um, division and you, you, you have that in you, sure, go ahead. Uh, but someone like me in the master division, white belt, never competed before in jiu-jitsu. I think what helped me with preparation to uh, compete was having realistic goals was basically, okay, this is my training schedule. Mm. Show up to that. Uh, practice these moves, which I didn't end up doing. But I, I just, just creating goals and realistic expectations f- to compete really helped me. So I, I didn't think at all about winning. That's, Just that's signing absolutely. up, signing up for a competition was one of my goals. I signed up, check that. Um, making weight, this is a tough one. I I lost weight, but I don't, I don't think I'll I'll do that again. I I considered losing weight for this upcoming tournament at the end of January, uh, but it's not fun. I'm not. No. A, I don't get paid for this, so no. I'm thinking, well, why why am I trying to lose? I think at one point it was 10 pounds. I'm like, this is, I got stuff to do. I don't, I, I like eating. I don't want to, I don't, I don't need to do this. Um, so anyway, for the first tournament, gaining or losing weight was a goal. I made weight. Um, so just signing up and making weight were two goals that I, I, I did. I'm like, that's awesome. That's however I do is how I do. I, I signed up that's for awesome. the tournament. That's my goal. Um, and then the next goal was to survive. To yeah. not get choked out by a stranger in front of a bunch of people or get my arm broken, that was a big goal is to not, like, I don't care if he beats me right. 100 nothing. Do not get into a position of a submission. And that I almost did. The guy was in the closed guard. He had a nice cross choke, and he was trying to finish it. And I didn't even know this was a defense at the time, but his elbows were going out, and I just was pushing them yeah, in. And yeah, I had no yeah. idea what to do. Uh, and thank God the timer went, <laughs> um, but I survived. So showing nice. up, making weight and surviving, those are good goals. And it'll, it'll take pressure off yourself to have to perform to some, like, unless you're an athlete. Okay, sure. Make, make a, you know, very specific goals, but uh, I had the same goals for the second tournament. Uh, now my new goal was to score points. Now, unfortunately that didn't happen, but that's still going to be a goal of mine now is to show up, Nice. Um, I'm going to make weight because I, I'm I haven't switched divisions again, but I'm going to switch back to the 170 pound. Uh, f- I changed it to 155, so I was going to lose seven to ten pounds. But I'm like, I'm not doing this. It was just Christmas, and we were my school was off for a couple weeks, so I don't have that training in there. Right. I'm like, you know what? Why am I doing this to myself? I'm just I want to enjoy these last few yeah. weeks. So I'm going back up to the 170 um side note it's very strange this tournament goes from 155 to 170 there's no 160 or 165 which would be
0: perfect i was tournament. gonna say that the tournaments here that where the competitions here are the same there it goes 155 170 185 200 mm-hmm. um and then uh two or no 205 plus or no then it's like 225 plus wow. um yeah so ours hours are the same here. I I thought that they should have had a division maybe like a 150 160 uh, or something in between that too. Yeah. But
1: and you know what I, I I I thought about it and I I was rolling with some guys that I uh, uh teammates and I would ask them after hey if you don't mind me asking how much you weigh because I'm I I'd like to get an idea because I'm competing yeah, just see what and, you feel like. yeah and actually one guy on my team is actually in the 170 division. They they go they I hear they go out of the way to not make sure you guys meet until maybe the the gold medal which right. is was fine, and um, he he weighed one seventy and I went you know what okay I thought to myself okay I I did pretty well he was definitely stronger than than me but I was able to escape some things right. I was able to right. survive I was able to pass guard and so I, I figured you know what I'm gonna try the one seventy let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll be fine if if anything, it's it's really how people use their weight. Um, uh, because I I go with some 155-pound guys and they feel like they're 170, like 173, 175, like like my weight. Um and uh or you'll go with a guy that's 140 and because he has an insane ability to just on a 45 degree angle, pushing your body into the ground. He feels like he's 200 pounds. So I think a lot of it is how we use our weight. And the fact that you are a wrestler, you probably know how to use your weight better than uh, like someone who doesn't. So I, I would assume that you'll be fine. Um I
1: think so. Uh, yeah. I This particular tournament, uh, I actually signed up. It's a round robin, but and it didn't cost Fun. any extra to sign up for the no gi as well. Oh, cool. So I'm going to do gi and no gi. Cool. And Same I, day. Yeah. Same day. Yeah. Nice. Good for you. So, we'll you're see. You're
0: a brave individual. That's what people keep you're, telling you're me. Bra-
1: oh, what if I, I was going to say
0: you're, you're braver than me. Um, the guy that I competed against in no gi, I only did no gi too, but the guy that I competed against, uh, he did gi and no gi and he did gi right before me and he had t- two or three matches right before me. So I was fresh and he was wow. completely dead. And Uh, he was just trying to survive, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, no, he looked at me after and he looks at me, he's like, he's like, he's like, brother, I'm dead. He's like, I couldn't even, he's like, I couldn't even move. He's like, you were close. I'm like, all right, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you win because if you win after winning the gi and now you're going through the no gi, he, he deserves it at that point. (laughs) That's awesome. When's that, uh, when's your next competition? It's Uh, uh,
1: January 21st or 22nd nice man it's a uh, grappling industries in toronto
0: cool all right yeah. is that a far travel for you or
1: uh no a few hours okay cool bad. um i have to work on the f- friday and saturday so my wife and i are just going to drive up um saturday morning compete maybe go get some food after definitely going to get some food after nice then, yeah as yeah, long I as i don't have to go to the hospital or anything, i'm sure <laughs> i'll sure be fine um just make a day of it.
0: Nice. Um, dude, this is a, a ton of fun. I feel like I could talk with you for hours about this stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I'm going to be in touch with you about potentially maybe we could host some, uh, live Twitter spaces about jujitsu and about, uh, the other things that we were talking about. Cause I feel like that's useful and, um, a lot of people would enjoy it.
1: I love that. Yeah. I, I think Twitter spaces is a great, uh, opportunity to, Do like a live podcast and have people come up right give their perspectives and things and yeah i'd love to do that
0: yeah we should definitely do that um yeah so i don't want to eat up any more of your sunday morning i i really appreciate you spending this time with me and uh we'll be in touch
1: awesome thanks mike had a lot of fun